Any sort of structure, we're just like floating through mm. life, <laughs> floating through, floating through today. But that's all right. Yeah, not bad on not not bad all the time. So, Cody, how are you? Good. Yeah. Sometimes you need that mix of um, structure and spontaneity. Mm. Yeah. How's the uh, you put in some good work at the desk? Yes. Yeah. Nice. So we are fully finished with one of the titles. And then we have the last two are just like going through their formatting phases now. Okay. So just formatting them and making sure nothing like changes drastically when that happens. Mm. So are you only publishing material as ebooks? Nope. You can get them as paperback as well. Really? Yeah. Uh, I actually just found the World Happiness Report just got released in March, too. They just wrote a interesting article about it. Um, so the U.S. came in 18th. So go that's, us. It's not bad. No. It's probably higher than I was <laughs> expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but of course, like all the Scandinavian countries are up at the top. But oh, them! I always wonder, like with those lists, like is it just kind of like how Carmel is always listed as like the best place to live? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, they just uh, they, they they pay the most, <laughs> or like right. they, they pay the people who are compiling the list. Like they have these awesome metrics, and like their houses are gorgeous, and yeah, yeah. I, Everyone has a master's degree. It'll be interesting, yeah. I mean, the metrics that they use seem to be geared towards, like, quote-unquote successful white men and women. Yeah. So <laughs> you could almost, like, rephrase that as the widest place to live. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to be cynical, but it seems like it's just coming out naturally. <laughs> It's very easy to be cynical in these times, I feel like. Yeah. But yeah, I still I feel that same way, Ben. Like people will be like, Oh, the denoticized zone. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, and people have made comments about uh well, I don't live in Marion County and that's where like COVID's hitting the worst and, and like I don't know, it feels like there's a a a twinge of like at least at least like fear. And disdain for and it's like dude we're not dirty like, we just got <laughs> just got a lot of people here you know I don't yeah know. you choose to work there um <laughs> i have a coworker who has very strong opinions about people who work in marion county but live outside of marion county <laughs> and um how they ought to be taxed for like Toll, toll roads to get into Marion County from like 65 and 70 and <laughs> he, they should just put meters very strong put meters on like the 465 overpasses and like you yeah. cross underneath it you get charged yeah yeah I mean technically their income is taxed based off Marion County because that's where their employer is 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. But, well, do we want to get rolling on this? I do. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cody, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Welcome to Quarantine the Podcast, uh, where each week we kind of just pick a new topic and then we just descend down like a rabbit hole of weird information and conversation about that topic. Jay was in charge of bringing something to the table this week. So, Jay, what would you bring for us? Yeah, we're going to talk about the Blue Zones today, which is um, the... Democratic areas, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Um, so we're in a Republican state, and we're going to talk about... No. Um, so the Blue Zones is a term used to describe these um, pockets around the world that have the most centenarians who are... So people who've lived... 100 years plus um and just kind of lessons um people who have studied these areas have found from them um that you can potentially implement into your own life um but before we get into that i want to kick it off what are we drinking today guys a little sunday afternoon here i am just drinking water. milk because <laughs> Today, I made myself promise that I would get my to-do list done before I started drinking alcohol. We're not <laughs> done yet. So. What a, what a percent? Are you 2% skim? I'm 2% and lower. Nice. Ben, what's... Uh, I just got water. Nice. Yeah, nothing fun. What about you, Jay? I'm drinking water as well. Um, we're a 2% or lower family too i feel like uh, sometimes like the expiration dates are really poor on two of the three and so i just go for whichever one will last the longest so i can yeah. pour on my cereal <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of my methodology um i had someone try to explain to me that skim milk you take all the parts of it that are milk out of it and i was like no that's that's not how it works but uh, so that was awkward, but <laughs> how do they make skim milk? It's the fat. Yeah. So they're um, through like the pasturation process. I think they're able to like get the fat out because it's gets separated. Why would you want to take the fat out? Like calories well, and yeah, that can yeah how you use it. Um, for a sedentary lifestyle. If you've ever met a person who drinks whole milk, you probably understand, like, a little bit more about whole milk. Oh, Elizabeth drinks whole milk. We give her whole milk all the time. Ah, well. That makes sense. Good luck. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, I, I know Good some people what? who are... Never mind. We can... <laughs> no, go go for it, Jay. I want to hear this. No, I think for, like, a child, like, they need all the nutrients and stuff they can get. But I feel like for a lot of adults who live a sedentary lifestyle, um, putting that much fat in their diet may not be the right choice for them. This bleeds into the Blue Zone conversation well. This bleeds into yeah. it. Cody, Cody's setting this up. But uh, a couple more questions. What are you guys reading? I liked that last week, Ben. Thank you. But, We're on to The Everlasting Man by G.K. Chesterton. He he um suggestion was a Catholic lay theologian philosopher 
literary and art critic back in the early 20th century. And um, mm. this book, he kind of traces, I think, from what I can gather, there were a lot of people who were talking about the caveman and how he was a barbarian and he was unreligious. And of course, he walked around naked and this, that and the other. And Chesterton um, argues against a lot of that to say, like, we don't necessarily know that that's true because like you're talking about something that's prehistoric, i.e. there is no history of what actually happened. And so he kind of tries to trace a counter argument for man's relationship with religion. And then in the second half of the book, discuss Christianity. I haven't gotten to the second half. I'm still working my way through the first half. And it's not anything that I've ever thought about before. So in, in that regard, it's, you know, not particularly interesting to me, but it's fun to read Chesterton and it's fun to see how he constructs arguments because he was extremely smart and he had, uh, he used wit quite a bit. Um, I mean, secular, barbaric, walking around naked. Sounds like he'd fit in nowadays too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, going back to our mini episode here. (laughs) He just needs to move out to Maryland. (laughs) Right. Or Utah. (laughs) Cody, what are you reading? Uh, Right now... For the last week, pretty much the only thing I've been reading are my own books. Uh, over and over and over again. Uh, so, uh, not very exciting there. But, uh, you know, next, one more weekend, next Monday, and then they'll be out, and I don't have to read them for a hot second. You all get to read them. Yay! Let's go. Do I get a friends and family discount? Uh, no, but if you become a patron for $10 a month, you get a free signed copy of my first novel and every novel following. Dang, not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. Cody, as I watched you reach and grab your milk, I thought you were going to pull something from outside of your camera. <laughs> I'm like, you get one of these. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. cool. She holds a bow. <laughs> you get my dog. <laughs> I'll be a I'll be a double patron. <laughs> Twenty bucks a month. Yeah, I know you guys are authors, man. I gotta maybe I gotta dive into this reading thing or writing thing. I feel like uh, amongst Renaissance men over here. Oh, good. Cody's technically uh, the only author. He's the only published one. Sorry. Jay, what are you reading? I'm reading uh, couples uh, that work. It's a book about dual career couples um, and different transitions that they'll go through and different um, different ways people have made it work. Um, so this lady, she the professor at um, one of the top business schools in Europe, and she's basically dedicated her life to research on that. So um, it's been interesting, but cool, good insights. So. Are you? And the spouse reading it together or just by yourself? Just me right now. Uh, I think there's some chapters that I, I may say, hey, I think these are some good ideas um, just to talk through. But mm-hmm. 
yeah, just learning different structures, I guess, that people have used has been interesting. Mm-hmm. So, nice. Yeah, and then any, uh, I think golf courses will be opening up here soon. So are we going to get into golf, guys? I don't, I don't know if you guys are golfers. I'm not well, um, but no. we should, uh, <laughs> we should I... do a podcast while we golf one day. We should record <laughs> an episode of us golfing. <laughs> The last Ten hours later, golfing. It was actually up at Purdue. Uh, it was while we were seniors up at Purdue. I think a bunch of a bunch of the seniors we all went golfing. Was that when I went golfing with you guys? You came with us once, but okay. I think I went. I think I actually golfed that time because the second time we went, um, I just caddied. But by caddy, I mean I just like carried around the cooler of alcohol. And like yeah. drank while everyone else golfed because I was like, this actually sounds way more enjoyable for me than the actual golfing part. Yeah, I golfed with uh, our friend Dan and his fam um, one time at their at their course, and I was like, oh gosh, I'll just drive the cart like you guys. Maybe I'll chip a little bit, but they were whew. good. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so people got game. I would love to be good at golf. I think that'd be a very fun sport to be good at um more of a top golf guy right now where it's like oh that one was a shank let's just get another ball it's fine um, i almost feel like top golf very much like takes the place of that right it's like you want to be yeah. a part of like the golf culture but you don't want to embarrass yourself or put in the time to actually like know golf so top golf right and like golf good jay like 15 dollar nachos and call it a day Golf's an expensive hobby and a time-consuming hobby if you uh, really get into it. Yeah. I mean, ask our president. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <sighs> but cool. Yeah. So courses are going to start opening up here. It's a sport to social distance. So if you want to go hack it up, you can choose to do that. But uh, yeah, let's dive into Blue Zones. So this was a concept I found out. I was listening to Lance Armstrong's podcast. You want to talk about controversial figures. Um, but um, he his podcast is actually interesting because, like, people are very honest with him because it's like, well, I've seen your entire life melt down. So, um, <laughs> like, I can't top that. Um, but this guy was – the guy's name is Dan Butner. Um, he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, his first job. So he graduated from college and then took a year off to explore Europe and then took a job at NPR in DC. And his job was to recruit celebrities to play in charity croquet games. Right. Yep. As, as one does, I didn't know celebrities did croquet games. So maybe the fundraising's not going well, but how he much actually, was he getting paid? Because I would gladly do that. Right. If you pay me enough. <laughs> we actually did. We there was um, I knew quite a few people who had, like, we had a croquet and badminton set growing up. I knew a lot of people where I was from who had that, and I know there were like, that was a pretty common like barbecue game. Yep, I agree with that. So maybe that was like kind of the purpose. It's like all the uh, like athletes are playing video games right now against each other and people are watching because we're just like bored. It's like croquet. It's kind of like a calm setting. 
they can do their thing. Yeah, it's yeah. It reminds me of um you guys have seen the Heathers, right? Uh, are those is that a TV show or are those people or they're people. Oh okay. my goodness. Okay. So I'll make everybody watch it. It's actually uh really good. It's essentially like the original Mean Girls. Um, except it's set in the 80s rather than, like, the 90s. I believe it's the 80s. But, yeah, it's like the original Mean Girls, essentially. Yeah. Heather. Winona Ryder in it. Yeah, Jeez. young Winona Ryder. And she does amazing. Hmm. And they're big croquet people? Uh, Yeah, croquet is, like, a big part of, like, their sort of, like, mean girl culture. Okay. Huh. Have, you, have you guys played croquet before? I have. Yeah. I played it a lot as a I'm kid. actually... Actually, pretty good. Just saying. How's that going for you right now, Cody? It's great. All those years with sticks and balls really turned out to be really helpful <laughs> later on. Uh, well, uh, we'll That's have to play. It didn't compute for me with baseball. <laughs> well, you just haven't tried yet. We'll have to play some croquet after uh, all this is over at, like, a celebratory barbecue, but... Yeah, I bet my family, I think we still have our kit. I could bring it up. Oh, my God, I could bring it up. We could just play it in the backyard. Boom. Let's do it. Uh, but, so after he did this job, uh, Dan Butner, he did three transcontinental bike rides. So he went from, like, the top of Alaska to southern Argentina. This is the America track. Um, he did the Soviet trek, which he went around the world on the 45th parallel that touches a lot of, um, what the former Soviet, Soviet Union was. And then he did Africa trek. So he went from Tunisia to South Africa. Um, they're like at least 11,000 mile bike rides over several months with people. Um, so he's a bit of a, a weirdo. Um, in those regards, I think it's a cool feat, but um, whew, I bet your butt hurts after that. And then um, he kind of wanted to find ways to fund his uh, expeditions and because he noticed people were interested in following along. Um, started a company around that, would go on these adventures. And then through that, um, partnered with, the Nas- with National Geographic and the National Institute of Aging to start a search for the most centenarians. So people live to be 100 plus and have a high quality of life. And he found these five blue zones. So these are five places where this is most occurs. So you have Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica. I think it's Icaria, Greece, and then Loma Linda, California, um, which I actually have been to Loma Linda, um, it's just south of LA, kind of tucked back in a little bit. Um, it's a pretty cool place. And so we'll kind of touch each of these places individually. But so the Loma Linda, the big group there is Seventh-day Adventists. Um, and so uh, from these five places, they call it Power Nine. Uh, so these traits that kind of share um across all of them. So they move naturally. So it's not so much that they're pumping iron or doing some sort of like exercise and then going about their day. It's naturally built into their 
um, schedule. So they have gardens that they work on. They walk places. They sit on the floor. They go upstairs. So you're naturally getting this low impact movement all the time. Um, purpose. So they have a reason to wake up every morning. A lot of these places, it's not so much like we view it in the modern workforce of I work and then I retire and they don't really kind of view it that way. It's, I just have an overarching purpose. Um, they call it, the next one is they call it downshifting. So it's a routine to shed stress. So for like Loma Linda, that'd be prayer with seven day Adventists. Um, a lot of groups have happy hours. Um, and then a lot of them have a Sabbath. Cody's pumped about uh, happy hours. And we're going to dive into one that I think Cody will really love here in a little bit. Uh, 80% rule. So this kind of came from Okinawa. And it's a rule that you eat until you're 80% full because your brain actually doesn't trigger that it's full till later on. So you're not gorging yourself. So that's kind of the difference between overeating and not. Um, and then a lot of their diet is uh, plant-based. So they do eat meat, but it's only about five times a month and it's about the size of a deck of cards. Um, so it's a lot of, a lot of plant-based. Uh, the next one's Cody's favorite, wine at five. So except for the Seventh-day Adventists, each group drinks one to two glasses of wine a day. So they said it doesn't work if you just binge and do 14 glasses of wine on Saturday night. But if you do it every um, every day throughout, um, specifically, there's a type of wine in Italy that um, they recommend the most. But it's usually a red wine. Um so the next one's belong. So they have a community. Uh, it's a faith-based community. It doesn't they said it doesn't really matter what the faith is, but being a part of that actually independently, they think adds four to fourteen years to someone's life, um, which I thought was interesting. So yeah, um, one of the kind of, oh sorry no go ahead Cody. Uh, one of the things that I stumbled upon in the last couple of years doing more like some of the, like the health and wellness stuff for um, our company or our mm. school was this idea of like spiritual health and that sort of being a concept that doesn't get talked about as much, but like mm-hmm. um, a lot of people, you do hear it talked about, it just isn't said that way, but we'll talk about like Zen or we'll talk like people are super into yoga or like, wellness right now and oftentimes what we're sort of getting at without really naming is this idea of having spiritual health um Mm -hmm. and whether or not you're religious this idea of having routines having sort of this like purpose connected to something bigger than yourself having like a community um that is not determined by like affinities but is determined by something again larger than yourself so like a religion or like a creator or just like a place you're in mm-hmm. uh actually yeah has incredible health effects um so yep yeah uh so actually the reason i was in loma linda was for a mission trip um and it was we were trying to work in the surrounding areas on holistic care so like our healthcare system so much focuses right on like the physical health but they don't look at the mental health and spiritual health as much uh, and so we were just working to, um, you know, go into nursing homes and just hang out and just see how people were doing. And like, I think everyone has a spiritual component to them um, and you can choose what that is for you. But I think that's 
a point that most people need to at least acknowledge mm-hmm. um, in life. But uh, last two would be loved ones first. So aging families kept close, um, sometimes even living at home. And this also helps grandchildren, they found, um, to have their grandparents at home. And that helps like infant mortality rates. Um, and then a lot partner for life. Um, so that I think independently adds three years and then invest in children with love and time. So not just buying them an Xbox. Um, and then the last one is right tribe. So social circle circles that support healthy lifestyles. So you're like happiness is an addictive trait. And so the people you surround yourself is really important. And they found, and in Okinawa, actually, when you were born, you were given a group of like five friends and the six of you would walk through life together and, and, um, and support one another. Um, and so they found like these friends where it's like, they've been together for 90 plus years and they're all in their nineties to one hundreds. Cause they've just been together since they were like five. So that was pretty crazy. But, um, yeah. What'd you guys think of those lists? Or that list, I guess. I've been saying that we all need to drink more for years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think like the, I think the spiritual health component, like I wasn't surprised to hear that. That makes a lot of sense based off of like other things I've read. Mm-hmm. And I think the, um, obviously I'm not upset about the, um, the the wine. I do know one of the things that. Uh, I had been uh, m- more recently introduced to was this idea of like night routines. So mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people talk about having like a morning routine to get themselves set up for the day, but not a lot of people have routines in the evening, sort of like the same things that you do for like the last hour of your day um to get yourself like ready for bed and apparently that like stuff like that actually has like quite a large impact on um your sleep uh and all of that other stuff um so that that i think like it wasn't exactly one of the things you said but this idea of unwinding or how to release stress like i think like something like that like the whole purpose of having a night routine is to allow yourself to uh leave the day where it was and then transition to the next one yeah have you tried to create like a night routine for yourself or um... i have i had a pretty good one going before covid hit uh yeah when like bedtime and wake time just become way more arbitrary and so there's like less motivation to do it um i still have somewhat of one but i think it could get nailed down more so like i always uh i typically have a drink before bed uh, I typically do something that doesn't require my brain. So that's like watching TV or mm. basically not producing or working on something. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of like, not every night, but like I do enjoy bath and then the, uh, and like salts. The new thing I'm getting into is face masks. I'm kind of into them. Okay. Some really cheap ones. I don't know if they actually work, but they feel good. <laughs> ben, what were your thoughts when you read like the Power Nine traits and the concepts of Blue Zones? Um, 
I guess nothing on that list surprises me. Um, yeah, the whole thing about moving naturally, I thought that one was, I thought, I, I guess maybe that one kind of surprised me. Like, um, it doesn't surprise me to think that if we had a more active, less sedentary lifestyle, and if we thought less about, like you said, Jay, like, if instead of thinking I'm going to go work out really hard for one hour, two hours, or even like 30 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'm not going to really do much the rest of the day. If we had more of a, I'm going to have an active lifestyle, I'm going to walk to the store, I'm going to take the stairs, I'm going to garden, you know, I'm just going to kind of be on my feet, off my feet, on my feet, off my feet, sitting on the floor. That was kind of interesting. Um, obviously, we all sit exclusively in chairs if not on like (laughs) lounging on a on a couch or something like that Mm -hmm. that was was interesting um but sitting on the floor thing has to do jay correct me if i'm wrong but the city on the floor thing specifically i think is for people in their older age because of just like the 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 intense amount of motion and like uh muscle control that it takes right to sit like down on the floor and then get back up compared to like Falling back into well, the chair, essentially. Yeah. Well, try even we're all young. Try sitting on the floor for twenty minutes, like cross-legged <laughs> on the floor. You can't do it. I mean, <laughs> I, I actually I, so I have a I've hard got time doing floor pillows. I've got some floor pillows. Some floor I pillows? Use quite a bit. Yeah. Nice. Those big blue ones in my living room. Did you see mm-hmm. those? Yeah. No. So I use those a lot. Um, <laughs> and then. My my new desk has like one of those like stability balls rather than mm. a chair. So Yeah. All I can think about is Dwight from the office. <laughs> one thing that I did like, um one other thing I liked was Loved Ones First. Because mm. uh, maybe two months ago I read an article in the Atlantic on their it, it was the cover article and it was um the nuclear family was a mistake and they were talking about how when we removed multi-generational families and went to just mom, dad, and kids in a house, it, and oftentimes, too, in a city by themselves, it destabilized the family structure because throughout a lot of history, you would have had multi-generational families either in the same house or on kind of like a... Um, a large plot of land and so you would have had aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa and cousins who would have been able to come and co-raise kids together you know and that would have offered a stabilizing force and you think too like i think about say um a culture where you would have had to have go hunted for your for your food you know the men in the group would have had to have gone on these probably one week, two week long hunts, maybe to secure enough food. And so you'd had a large portion of women who would have been there to raise the kids and you were just kept on with life as it was. Um, Mm -hmm. And so having uh, uh, that idea of like loved ones first, having a more of a multi-generational community was interesting to me. And because I, I think too, for a lot of us, so much of our, thinking can be career first you know how can i how can i advance my career how can i accomplish things in my career and obviously that's that's not bad and we don't have to Mm -hmm. shame that um but if that is kind of the chief pursuit of our of our life then 
there is so much that's going to start hemorrhaging both interiorly and exteriorly um uh internally and externally i would say so i mean i'm not an economist but if i had to speculate from a sociological point of view i would actually probably say if you had to pick like what are the top three reasons why families fell apart in 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 this sort of way like why like we no longer have intergenerational families as a norm i would probably say capitalism is probably reason one number one two or three um it does uh like well from a wealth management standpoint it doesn't make sense actually like when we talk about people having to take care of multi-generations like those sandwich generations where it's like i'm taking care of my parents and my kids like we're talking often as like that is an huge burden not like alleviating anything um Right. People like moving away from their family. That's often for economic reasons. Like it's not just I want to get away from my family. Sometimes that's it. But also it's like there's no jobs here. I have mm-hmm. to go get a job somewhere. Um, yeah. And I think that's where like the the right tribe aspect can come yeah. into it. Like yeah. you don't have to be born. Yeah, into it, right? Um, and so for each person, it could be looked at differently. But I think. Like, there needs to be a group of people that you do a long period of life with, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would say. So, like, whether you f- create that yourself or that you're able to, to get that with, like, people who are, quote-unquote, family. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think, like, this pandemic, do you think we're still meeting the sense of community we need for some people, at least with, you know, Zoom calls and Skype chats and texts, or do you think, and then afterwards when the world, we're never going back to what we thought normal was, right? Like this is a changing moment. Like how can we fulfill that with knowing what has occurred? I think the less... I think the more capitalism is destructed, I know this is really like high level, but I think the more capitalism is destructed, both as a economic system, as well as a individual behavior, I think the healthier we'll get. I mean, one, you look at like a lot of the places you name do not necessarily live in capitalist like places, nor do right. they operate. Like even if they do, like obviously capitalism touches everything nowadays, but it, like even like the Seventh Day Adventists, like like sort of create a bubble of themselves to which capitalism gets filtered. And so I think like the more that gets deconstructed, and we begin to act or behave outside of it, um, I think there's a lot of implications to that. Both yeah. on this idea of like living more like financially in a community, spending less time, spending money on like self entertainment or the buying of goods and services and doing more of the performing of production of goods and services on your own, hearkening back to like our conversation on homesteading slightly. Um, but yeah. So one, uh, deconstruct capitalism. Mm. Yeah, no. And they <laughs> talked about like, yeah, Loma Linda is right next to LA, but it is that bubble or uh, Sardinia, Italy is like surrounded by mountains and they're, goat farmers who are like secluded from neighbors. So they really self-reliant. Um, Okinawa, it's on a, um, 
like small island. Um, like these are kind of secluded areas who aren't, yeah, like firing away Wall Street um, type world. But um, I think the moving naturally concept is is interesting um, because it's not like they're in. They're not on Mass Ave in Indianapolis. They're not on the Upper West Side of New York City. They're not in Lincoln Park of Chicago. Like these neighborhoods that like you get to walk, like it's still a town, but they build it in a way that you can, you know, oh, we're still going to walk to church. We're still going to um, walk to the grocery store. Those kind of pieces I thought were kind of interesting that you don't have to be. And I feel like when we look at walking, it's always – in the concept of like a downtown big city. But, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. And I think the, the concept of like low, like frequent low impact movement can be a lot more attainable for a lot of folks who get really like nervous or have a hard time regularly latching on to like modern day physical fitness, mm-hmm. like go to the gym four times a week for somewhere between 45 minutes and two hours, like that kind of idea. Like I can see why like that comes across as like intimidating to a lot of people or just like mm-hmm. hard to actually do. Whereas yeah. like consider how to reshape your life so that your movement is frequent and like you're doing things that require you to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there is in the fitness community i feel like there is also a push for short like for low impact hit movements as more primary source of exercise too which is like 10 minutes 20 minute workouts where you're doing more push-ups burpees pull-ups you're not like deadlifting 300 pounds or more you're not trying to bench press the whole the whole gym so there's a 97 year old in loma linda who he would um he got a quote to put up like a backyard fence and he didn't like the price. And he was like, well, I'll just build it. And they're like, yeah. So like he built it, which is incredible for his age, but he also then had to stop because he goes and he still practices open heart. Sur- like he's an open heart surgeon and he does, I think it was like 25 of them a year or something like at 97 years old. It was just incredible hearing like these people, like how their lives, like what they live, but, um, they do. So they have now tried to turn like the, the blue zone concept into these blue zone projects. Um, so they try to incorporate themes, um, into different, um, towns or cities across the U S, um, which has been interesting, like more bike paths, um, you know, public, a lot of it's just public health, um, options and more community space and so um seeing you know things like tobacco use go down seeing um bikes be used more often um are kind of big big points from it but which uh which of these lifestyle ones seems the most easiest to implement Uh, (laughs) happy hour i was gonna say i'm already drinking two drinks a day so (laughs) that's actually just two cody it's just two that is my okay. that is my normals too. Um, I'm I think on my um, Sabbath, like Friday nights, I let myself drink more. But <laughs> yeah, really getting in touch with the spirit on on the Sabbath. Heck yeah, man. 
<laughs> hey, he I made wonder, it. I'm just enjoying his creation. I wonder if um, they would say that there are only certain alcohols you should imbibe. If, like, it's just wine and, and like, things that come from fruit. Or if it's any it alcohol. It was... From everything I read, they pretty much only talked about wine. So yeah, yeah, wine is like much healthier than a lot of the alternatives. Uh, tequila mean? actually apparently is supposed to be healthy. Yep. Very small amounts. Yeah, I don't like tequila. I, um, my, what you, about whiskey? Do you mix? No, not whiskey. Whiskey's like way too sugary. Um, no, do you not. mix tequila with stuff? I don't drink tequila. Okay. I think like, in this context, like in we're, talking about, we're not talking about like, like grandma over here taking like tequila shots every day for her heart health. Like, it's like you mix it with things. I don't think I've ever taken a tequila shot. Maybe like a keep like it that way. peach tequila or something. Hmm. Uh, I actually had a friend who did a tequila tasting. He um, is engaged to a. Um, woman of Mexican descent and they went to like a tequila tasting as like a fundraiser um, in Chicago, which I thought was really interesting. But he said that they taught them to breathe out before they drink it because it's like the ox or it's um, like, you don't want the oxygen and carbon dioxide in your. Hmm. Yeah. That's why you like hit it. If you like, you see people like hit the shot on the table yeah what it's doing is they're allowing themselves to breathe like like you put it down so you breathe out and then you go back that's what you're supposed to do during you're not you're not just hitting it like it's supposed to like you're breathing well i'm an idiot i just hit the table (laughs) (laughs) so um on our honeymoon we went to ireland and we did the guinness factory tour and when you drink guinness you're supposed to exhale after you take a drink and it um it activates a lot of the taste buds on your tongue hmm. you're supposed to breathe other, over your tongue yeah i feel like a lot of the sophisticated alcohol that everyone hates um like if you learned how to drink it you would enjoy it more like they'll oh, yeah. just drink it like it's water yeah. and then we're like oh it tastes terrible it's like, i would love to get more into like red wines and stuff but i don't have the time energy or capacity to to try that right now we should do a your breath does smell. He's talking to his dog right now. <laughs> he can smell it through the microphone. We'd have other problems. My dad, my dad mentioned it yesterday. I was like, no, it doesn't. And then I'm like, yeah, now it does. Yeah. Hmm. He might have a yeast infection. Ew. No. No, it's that you can get yeast infections in your mouth. And if you get a yeast infection in your mouth, then it can lead to bad breath. Huh. Maybe. Cody, it's your dog. It doesn't matter if your dog has yeast <laughs> Spiritual well-being and the whole wellness movement. And I feel like in some ways we, as a society, it, we had removed the spiritual from everything. But I kind of feel like, from my experience, the spiritual is the thing that connects the emotional and the physical and, like, completes you as a human being, you know? Because you have, like, the emotional, the physical, the psychological... But all of that's just kind of like, all of that is just kind of spinning on its own. If you're like, if it, from my experience, if you don't like actually have the spiritual, because it seems like 
it seems like the spiritual is kind of the force that connects and undergirds and like sits over top of all of that stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting super like esoteric. No, I think you're getting on, you're getting into something that like a lot of people are discovering, which is that they're all very, they're all very connected. Um, Mm -hmm. So like with yoga, like yoga is a very obvious example of like where like physical health and spiritual health meet. Um, And it's like actually through the, like physical movement um, that you are sort of like active, like the spiritual and physical components of yoga make almost amplify each other. They were, mm-hmm. they, they sort of play onto each other. Um, I mean, in like, obviously like in the Christian community, like Christians would say that like, there's a spiritual component to sex. We would also say there's a lot of physical like health components to sex as well. And so like, there's another example of just like how two things interplay same with like um like your mental health and your social health so like your connections to other people and how you develop relationships and whether or not you do that in healthy ways like obviously has a huge impact on your mental health so like mm-hmm. i think a and lot even, of even your mental health is like fully connected to your physical health yeah so it's like they're all interconnected um and that's why like if you forget one like if you're our parents and you pretend that mental health doesn't exist for 30 years and then you wonder why like everybody ended up like karens or boomers then like sorry like that's what happens when you ignore one for so long and that's like a push that i would give like a lot of our generation who like doesn't necessarily like spiritual health or doesn't like to call it that or like address it like that um or lump it under the umbrella of mental health uh, it is something that like you need to like consider and work on even if that doesn't mean like becoming a part of a religion like spiritual health isn't religions facilitate a lot of spiritual health but they aren't spiritual health in and of itself yeah i think that's well said um i'm gonna, hold my, think... I'm gonna hold my opinions on a existentially the point of spiritual well-being if it's not geared towards some sort of if there's not some sort of orientation for it but that's that's fine i mean there is an orientation for it right well innately there's an orientation for it because like part of spiritual health is this idea of like there's a larger purpose that you're like connected to and so like that larger purpose is its own purpose um yeah a lot of people start to get weary when they think like that because often larger purpose becomes synonymous with God or um, like giving up your freedom for like something that's going to use and abuse you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think like often that gets tied to religion. Um, Yeah. So like the purpose exists within the component of spiritual health. And I think like we would all say like all of us live for a purpose. Yeah. Um, where, like, spiritual health would push you is if your purpose is small, like, yourself or your own happiness, like, that's not as healthy a place you could be as, like, finding whatever it is that is bigger than you to live for. Yeah. Whether that is a god or it's, like, humankind or the the planet, like, something. Yeah. 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 No, I don't disagree with that. I'm comfortable with saying that religion has caused a lot of ills and woes for this world um yeah 
I think this is a this is a rabbit trail that I could run down, but I don't have to right now. <laughs> we'll add we'll add spiritual health to the to the the list of topics. Mm. I mean, mine's more like it still seems self defeating if, like, I don't know. It it connects with a lot of my existential angst and leanings, where like if if it's just kind of like spiritual health for the sake of like me living a fulfilled or an achieved or an accomplished life in some sort of way or like spiritual health so that I can live to be live my best life or live to be a hundred. That's a lot better than no spiritual health whatsoever. No spiritual health whatsoever. But like philosophically, I still find a lot wanting in, in taking that to its extreme, like for the lay person. Okay. That's fine. You know, and, and, and I would fully want to be supportive of that. But just with my philosophical leanings and, and opinions, you know, I know that I couldn't try to adopt that and take it to its nth degree and still be still be okay with it. You know? Sure. Yeah. And so. I think like a lot of people probably feel something similar with like physical health. Like they look at gym rats and they're like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? Yeah. There's yeah. like a certain threshold. Like if the point is for the sake of physical health, then like, you know, they would have probably similar feelings yeah yeah i agree with that like um in college i kind of struggled with weightlifting just because i was like well it's no longer to do achieve athletic achievements it's to just look good for spring break um and so like i had to kind of wrestle with that and understand kind of come up with the why right like that purpose yeah um which I agree, like, you know, you have a community, there's a purpose larger than yourself, you throw in a religious component, like, there's something that supersedes us. Um, so, yeah, everything's connected. Jay's a hippie now. Um, not hey, welcome go, back home. Don't go, don't go doing acid like Phil Jackson. Yeah, Whew. yeah last dance tonight. Here we go. But, uh, gentlemen, that's what I had. Phil Jackson did acid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, I just want to make a song right now that, like, I just want to make a song that's just like, everybody does cocaine. Like, <laughs> everyone does cocaine. Da-da-da. Did you guys not read the comments on that? Where, uh, yeah, they're like, whenever somebody says everybody does cocaine, there's always that guy with his two friends. He's like, oh, we've never done cocaine. They're like, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like nobody was. Nobody was catching when I was... <laughs> no, we were, and we were then responding meta. Okay, maybe maybe, maybe you were, Cody. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to reply, because, like, that's the joke, right? Nobody gives a shit. I, I was giggling um, to myself, but... Well, Jay, uh, I can't hear you giggle, and it doesn't affirm me in my... Ha, 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 Laughing emoji, <laughs> laughing emoji. Uh, Weaky face emoji, laughing emoji, like, ooh, throw also, that little confusion there right was that sexual i don't know like <laughs> yeah. um, Dude, why is there an eggplant in here <laughs> i had a friend call it a purple pepper once he's like purple pepper emoji and i was like you know that's an eggplant right like <laughs> oh, that poor friend yeah phil jackson did acid admitted it on uh last dance let's go i mean who among us Right. Also, okay, back to that that picture. <laughs> okay, the two of you, but <laughs> um, back to that picture, Cody, you sent like the cheese 
like it's expensive. Like if you actually make cheese, you'd be like, I get why this is expensive. Like that is a lot of work. It is. No. Yeah. It's one of those things that you're just like, damn, this is expensive. But you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I accept it. I had I had an idea for opening a uh, an artisanal sausage joint, and Lauren threw complete shade at me for it. She was like, "This is like the dumbest idea in the world." I was like, "Come on, like." So just like a charcuterie place. We should definitely open a charcuterie place. I love charcuterie. I eat it all day. It could be. I mean, it could be all your types of sausages, like bratwursts. You know, grill your sausages, Polish sausages. I can't think of any other worsts right now. Cut, uncut. <laughs> not the same thing, right? <laughs> oh, uh, Cody, I mentioned. Um, well, Jenny, thanks for bringing this topic. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, like listening to the podcast. So yeah. it's two hours long if you're really bored one day, but. You know, Guys, it's whole, almost over. Well, I mean, oh. you know what I mean. Also, this man is just becoming the most useless thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like dead waiting himself across me and won't stop. <laughs> oh, Bo. What a cutie. He's your beauty. Hostile apostle. Love you guys. Stay safe. You too. And don't get murdered. Bye.